Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. This is episode 59, entitled Ben Pines, Tell Us About the Future of the Elementor Page Builder, Part 2. This episode was published on the 18th of January 2017. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England, and I'll be joined a little bit later by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com so that we can have our regular discussion. I don't know if you've listened to these episodes all the way through, but now they're broken up into four parts. We've got the news, which I'll be doing in a minute, followed by a discussion, which is always David Wormsley and I, followed by an interview, which obviously today is Ben Pines from the Elementor Page Builder. And then finally, we have just a little snippet right at the end of about one or two minutes where we discuss a particular term or fact that we've come across in our web development journey. Please, as always, go to wpbuilds.com and click the share buttons underneath the player. Um, things like five-star reviews on iTunes really, really helps. Also, if you'd like to join our Facebook group, go to wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook, Facebook, should I say, forward slash subscribe to join the mailing list and forward slash advertise if you would like to become a podcast sponsor. Okay, let's move on to the news items for this week. And in all honesty, it's been a bit of a, been a bit of a thin week for news. However, I found these tasty morsels. WP Tavern tells us about uh, an XSS vulnerability which has been patched in WordPress 4.9.2. It's got to do with flash fallback files, which in all honesty, hopefully shouldn't be around for too much longer. Um, basically, when 4.9.2 comes out, get yourself patched. Next one is another security vulnerability, this time on the Security blog. It's an SQLI vulnerability with Yith WooCommerce wishlist, which apparently has over 500,000 down downloads. It doesn't say... It, oh, no, it says installed. So there you go. Basically, you should be up to the latest version, which I think is 2.2. Um, the, the link in the show notes provides more insight into exactly what this does and how it can affect your uh, clients. But basically... Um, if if the clients have the sort of subscriber role and they're an which of course they must have in order to sort of add things to the database if you like um, in order to add things to their wish list this causes a problem and potentially in certain situations could lead to the takeover of your entire site so that's something to be avoided go check it out right the next one is now. Years and years ago, I was really fascinated by CSS and really got into it and then kind of fell off the radar. Not really much was going on, but this came across my radar this week. And it's about the fact that in 2018, there's going to be some new HTML and CSS features added to um, browsers and the spec, basically. There's a new native dialogue element, which you can use. CSS scroll snap points. There's inline CSS within the body tag, um, which I think is really interesting. If you look at the way this is implemented, it could be could be quite useful in certain situations. I don't think I'll use it that much, but um, nevertheless. And also native CSS preprocessors within most browsers. Again, really fascinating. There's one more support queries, which I won't really mention because I can't see myself ever needing it. But nevertheless, lots and lots of exciting stuff coming in the year 2018, which is good. The next one is a shout out to Eric Ham, who has introduced his Extender Pro, which is basically a bundling together of all of his other, a lot of his other um, extender tools. So um, he, he sort of had a, a widespread set of tools and he sort of bundled them all into one. He's added um, Astra as one of the themes which it will all work with. Um, basically, if you click on the link and go, you'll be able to see how this might affect things. And I think Eric's trying to combine everything into as few software tools as possible so that um, it's, I guess the workflow is easier for him and also much more robust for you. Go check it out. Extender Pro on Cobalt Apps. And lastly, this is an AppSumo thing. It's called Kyvio or Kivio. Um, it's obviously nothing to do with WordPress. In this case, it's a SaaS app. But I know that quite a lot of my friends are actually putting courses together and that kind of thing. And this claims to do that. Basically, it allows you to, with one app, create funnels, um, create membership sites, 
um, have blogs and lists. It's a bit contrary to WordPress, I suppose, in a sense, but a lot of people use platforms like Teachable, don't they? Because it's just just really works and it's really, really good. And I guess this is offering those kind of functions. So if that's your bag, go and check it out. Right, now we are on to the main event, if you like, which is the second part of the interview with Ben Pines. We talk about Gutenberg. We talk about a possible theme builder, which might cough be coming in the near future. Um, what features are going to be added to the page builder um, and, you know, what, what integrations are going to occur. I should make um, a bit of a shout out to some people who posted questions. And what I'll do is I'll put in the show notes the names of all the people who helped me put these episodes together because they posted questions in our Facebook group. So a big shout out to all of you guys. Um, if your name is included in the show notes. All right, thanks very much indeed. And now we'll go to the discussion between David and I. And today's topic or discussion is, so your client is an amateur artist. So we thought we'd talk about those clients who kind of know how to do our job and whether they're a problem for us. Nathan, we were talking and laughing before because we decided that we just welcome these people where most people don't. Yes. And the, the, I guess the problem is, is that both you and I have decided we're rubbish <laughs> at making sites that look good. Um, yeah. And so I think the general opinion from most people is that that it's really horrible, that moment where the client gets their fingers in and somehow manages to alert you to the fact that they don't like this. And wouldn't it be great if it looked like this instead? And can we move that bit? And can we move that bit? Um, I remember, do you, do you ever read or look at the Oatmeal website? Yes. Well, I, I don't know if it's as popular as it once was, but um, I remember uh, there was one cartoon that he did and it was something like how to make a web design go straight to hell or some yes. title like that. And and one of the sections was this interfering client who would constantly have have an input and, no, I don't want it to look like that. I want the website to pop, um, yes. you know. And I guess there would be a point when it becomes annoying if you have, um, if you've put your life and soul into it and you are really uh, keen on your design, my my thing is I'm never really that attached to my design. I, I try very hard, but I, I do recognize that I'm not the best graphic designer in the world and, and there are people who are significantly better than me. And and quite often, that is the client. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, the last big site we did, yeah, the client pretty much did the design for it and they did a wonderful job. It was simple. It was stylish. So I completely went with them there was no issue and yeah. i became very conscious when they left pages for me to do you know yes i had to go and explain why i'd done it this way to them yeah which i would do anyway we were talking about this as well weren't we a little bit earlier that i think you can control the client who gets a bit carried away by cutting them off from seeing what you're working on and presenting it when it's ready to be shown so you can sort of combat if you like all the criticisms or, or at least restrict what they're likely to say but mm. Mm, I, uh, I, I guess another problem comes from the you know the fact that qu quite often the the expectation from the client is that that you can do for a small budget amazing things um, and obviously they've seen incredible websites on on the internet either done by an individual or by an agency and they have that expectation so even if they're not an artist themselves, they want it to look like a £50,000 website, but they're only giving you 800 quid. Uh, that's mm. that's a problem. I, I have tried in the past, unsuccessfully it turns out, I had this period many years ago where I would require every new client to take two rival graphic designers on board with the project and i would i would nominate them or they could use their own um and the the graphic designers would get the same brief but they would not communicate with each other and then we would pull in the designs and show them to the client and and get them to pick one what i discovered about that was though essentially they would pick one and they would really get a bit annoyed that they paid for this design that they were never going to use and it would basically go in the bin 
Um, and of course, I tried to explain, well, yes, but you know, we could have picked that one that you don't like as our graphic designer. Now you've got a choice of two. So it didn't really work. So now my mm. process is more of, well, we'll, we'll hire a graphic designer or you can hire a graphic designer. Um, we'll build the site and we'll try to make it look um, as, as much like that as possible. And then we'll do you a limited, around, a limited round of amendments once it's all finished. And that, of course, is where I get on stock because I never quite um, explain clearly enough what a round of amendments is. And so I get 15 emails, whereas, in fact, what I should have said was, well, if you can fit your if you can fit one round of amendments on a piece of A4 paper, font size 14 or something like that, um, that's that's a round. And then you can have another another stab of, of similar things. So on the whole, I'm I think I'm fairly accommodating because it's just me. It's not too much of a big deal. Yes, I think, you know, with some of the clients that we had, well, the, the, my colleagues' clients, you know, they they welcome the opportunity to be working on a website, even if they're working in a larger organization and they've been mm. assigned to us to, to complete it because it's, it is their opportunity to do something creative in their job. So, you know, we don't kind of want to pour cold water over that, you know, if we can include it. But it it does become a difficult thing. One thing I've always wanted to do, but I've never succeeded, is I've wanted to, so it doesn't go off at all angles, is to try and narrow down what it is they're trying to achieve, or at least say, you know, your site, if it, if it was a personality, if it was a well-known person, who would it be? So, you know, we've got something to talk about, whether this color that they picked would fit their demographic, whether it would fit the, the, the thing that they're trying to convey out there you know, just to get some conversation going. But um, <laughs> yeah, the, there's been lots of sort of wacky ideas thrown up, which are just impossible where somebody decides at this creative moment, they're going to reinvent a website like no other has been created before. Yes. Oh, I remember. Oh, boy. I remember. <laughs> That's just brought to mind this. The, I'm not going to tell you too much about it, but I remember having a, an email from somebody um, and they described to me a website which you literally could not build. It was <laughs> it was a music website, and the they they oh my good okay I'll explain a bit. They explained <laughs> that the website should be a corridor, an actual corridor, and yes. you were to walk. Down, have I to, have I told you this before? Yeah, I think so. You walk yeah. down the corridor, and each door would be a new song, but you had to physically walk. You know, so it had to be like a game of doom or minecraft or something this was about eight years ago and i just sort of said no 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 that's not that's not going to happen you know and they were terribly disappointed they thought that their unique idea would be an absolute smash hit bless them <laughs> so i yeah I'm, i guess the um the sort of problem is less for me because i can communicate with them and i don't really mind if they're if they're better than me at graphic design the um the thing that i struggle with a little bit is when how how to describe it is when somehow they manage to get to see the site before i'm even ready for them to see it for some reason i need to show them something to ask them look does this behave in the way that you want it to behave um and then they catch sight of how it looks and instead of having the conversation about does this behave the way you want it to behave we'd get into no that bit shouldn't be blue uh, no, 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 we're, we're not here to do that. And now they've got the URL, they can see the website, and then we get into that whole discussion of uh, the way it should look. No, no, that isn't the text that will be on there when it's finished. That isn't the color, da-da-da, and so it goes. And the other problem, yes. of course, is the client who doesn't know what they want it to look like until they see it. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, you know, I am, when I'm doing the design, I am that client. Yes, because that's a what nightmare. Happened. <laughs> no, because I sit there and I put stuff on the page and I move it around until it seems to look kind of okay, you know. Yeah, you, you are right, and I would, I'm like that. <laughs> I would criticise anybody who was doing that, you know. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think that is probably the way I behave because, as you and I both are big page builder users, that that mm. is the, the way it goes. You know, you drag it onto the page. I've, I've, I kind of very early on adopt a, a palette of colours. And then I'll reuse those. Yes. And then 
one of the problems with um, that I've often got with page builders is that I'll I'll use things like colors on buttons on separate pages, and rather than sort of reusing that module, I will uh, and saving it, I'll actually color the individual buttons at one at a time, and then at some point I'll realize ah that orange is a bit dark, and then I need to go back and change each and every single button. Whereas in the old days, before me using WordPress and page builders, I would have just changed one CSS class and it would have been done. I, I have I have that problem quite a lot, which is my of my own making. <laughs> yes, and I think sometimes with uh, a lot of the sort of clients that do want to exercise the artistic side, they often do mix up because they've got no technical training. I can't say I've really got it, but I've learned more. So they will mix up kind of vectors with photos mm. in the same area, or they won't be aware of. Um, Things like how shadows will fall, mm. you know, how, you know, because I think, you know, one thing that you do kind of know uh, as you do this a long time is you do kind of realize that, you know, to keep the integrity there, there has to be some kind of standardized spacing between elements to a certain degree, else it'll look a little bit odd. You do need to know that when there's drop shadows that they're going to be falling in the same direction, else it will look unnatural. And I think that's often where clients come in and they want to stick something in that they've seen somewhere and it doesn't kind of fit in with the overall scheme that's tricky do you um do you feel that the way that you and i build websites so with page builders and wordpress do you feel sometimes that you're hemmed in with the design you're, you're limited because everything is rows um mm -hmm. and you have to drag in a row and that row you can you can fiddle with that row and you know increasingly we've got these lovely options where you can make diagonal lines and things like that to, to separate and make it look a bit unique do you, do you sometimes get a bit frustrated with the limitations of that whereas in the good old days where you were hand coding your html and your css you really could get very very creative and i i remember the days of trawling around uh, things like css tricks and working out some really fun unexpected ways of laying out the, the page sometimes it would be a catastrophe but i'd learn a lot in the process do, do you often you know do you find that you get a little bit frustrated with how similar one looks to another yeah well we have a kind of adopted a, a very flat simple look and we do go for a full width rows don't we yep. where we can contain different sections of information but I, I i don't do as much designing really um as i would like to really hit a, a cross-beam board of that. I'm quite pleased that there are, if you like, some similarities out there between sites because it makes it a lot easier for me to present something that looks like most sites out there and clients can get their information organized without having to go through a whole wireframing exercise, you know? Mm. Do, do, you, do you, go on, sorry. No, well, that was really it. I, do you know what, we were talking about the, the problems we have. I mean, largely, we've, we've talked about wireframing and that we don't do it. So we do create some of our own problems with the amateur artists because if we, we set them through that process of separating the structure from the aesthetics, we probably wouldn't have so much difficulty with amateur artists. Mm. Do, do you have like a set standard bunch of templates that you show to um, clients to say, you know, pick one of these and we'll we'll use that as the basis? Or do you get them to use a graphic designer of, of your choice or their choice? Do you do any of that? Or do you just build it and, and hope that when they see it for the first time, they're going to like it? <laughs> well, that's mostly what's been happening. Maria's mm. been largely bringing in the customers. So she's been presenting a first design to people, usually a few variations and they pick one. Um, but they have got a similar thing. And I've influenced what she puts out there because often when I'm arranging something, if I've got to say in the sort of creative side of it, I will arrange certain information and then she kind of copies that format and then puts out it to somebody else in different colors to somebody else. So that in a way, we do seem to go down the same path a lot of the time. What does, uh, she, what does she use? To, does she use Photoshop or is, she, is it some sort of mm. web-based thing? No, she uses... Um, she might use Infinity, I think. Right. Um, Affinity, I think it is. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, Affinity Designer. I think they've got Affinity Photo as well. Yeah, and but you've been able to feed back to her over many cycles what's possible with your the technology stack mm -hmm. that you're using. So she knows not to go berserk 
with yes. bits over here and bits over here and you know oh this floats in from the side all of that yeah well when we started working together you know she she used to build all the sites herself and that and she used to because there wasn't the responsive web then she used to do a lot in the headers that was yep. quite tricky to do these days um, because you had to think well what's going to happen when we get to tablet and and it didn't work out so she used to make it quite complex but she's kind of we fed off each other really and we present clients and most of the clients are not interested that we have so they see a couple of designs and they just pick one on gut reaction what they like and we get on with it yeah but of, co of course there are other pro projects we do that are longer where they have to go around almost everybody in the organization right and that's when it, that's when it gets tricky that's yes. when they have their own in arguments and where kind of really is sort of well we we get requested to change but you know if we get included in the conversation we're kind of like goalkeepers yeah know? yeah the yeah. this is the this is the unsolvable part of this business it's a it, it can i think be a continual frustration for people because you don't really have control over what they're thinking. Um, but also, it is one of the most enjoyable bits, is making it look nice and you know, yeah. sweating the details with the clients and eventually coming up with a solution that you like. I do fear a little bit that the web is becoming a little bit um, monotonous. You know, we're, we're, we're often using the same designs. And I, I do enjoy reading... Uh, blog posts you know when you get things from web design blogs and they demonstrate really innovative design i do enjoy looking at those things i realize they're not for me with the way my business is structured i simply don't have the time to go crazy with unique designs because i just don't have the budget available but i do enjoy looking at them and i love the fact that there are people out there who are building designs that are just crazy and interesting Yes, I do. A lot of it's gone on functionality, which is a bit too flash for me. But I do yeah. love it when I see um, really great use of fonts and I see inspiration coming from magazines where yeah. they will still be boxy, but the boxes won't be quite where you expect them to be. You yeah. know, they'll be a little overlapping. And I love that stuff. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's lovely. I think the web is moving on at a, a great pace. I'm sure that page builder technologies will accommodate some of this stuff. You know, we're just waiting for certain technologies to to come to fruition to make these more complicated designs much more achievable. Anyway, there we go. So your client is an amateur artist. At the end of the day, I don't think it's too much of a of a bother for for you and I, David. But no doubt, people will have very differing opinions and probably put them in the uh, in the comments on the Facebook group or. Perhaps even on the uh, the website itself. Are we done with this? I think we are. It's time for an interview, I think. Yes, let's go to today's interview. Hello and welcome to part two of our interview with Ben Pines from Elementor. Now, last week uh, we had a chat with Ben and during that chat we talked largely about the history of Elementor. Uh, the last two years, how it got developed and uh, what it's done and how it might have changed. This week, I'm going to concentrate possibly a little bit of a shorter chat on the future of Elementor and, and what might be in store. Now, caveats before we start. Um, obviously, anything that's said at this point is subject to change. If we, uh, if we, you know, if something is said and I ask a question and the answer is this, then, of course, six months from now, it might not be this. <laughs> we just have to cope with that. But um, hello again, Ben. Hi. Hi, yeah. Hi, Nathan. Hi, the audience. Yeah. <laughs> it's always hard to know what to say, isn't it, at those points? Um, yeah, so definitely. I'm going to talk first about the, the, the obvious uh, elephant in the room, which is WordPress core um, beginning the, 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 the proper rollout to Gothenburg. Now, if we were to step back six months ago, Gothenburg felt like pie in the sky. It felt like something which was um, broken and unusable. But since um, the WordCamp US uh, over the last few weeks, it now seems a bit more solid and it seems like something which is very real um, and we've got real interesting demos going on. So my first question is aligned to that. Is there, is, does this worry you that this is being put into core in WordPress 5 or is this a great opportunity for Elementor? Yeah, I, I think that... Uh... I think it's an, a great opportunity because uh, this is something that is so uh, so much waited for, and uh, it's it's such a thing a feature that was needed in WordPress, and I think that it's it's blessed that they're 
including it in the core, like uh, like designing and uh, uh, creating the writing your blog or writing your uh, uh, content uh, right on the screen is something that is is given in other platforms. So f- for us, it's a great opportunity. We don't know exactly where it's going to what it's going to become. So mm-hmm. if it's going to become uh, something like Medium, which is very much easier to write on and uh, and, and use to create a blog post, then that's the best situation for us because then there is no uh, mm-hmm. you know there's no competition. If it's going to be uh, the ultimate uh, design tool, Photoshop on WordPress, then of course that's uh, a bit less uh, ideal for us. But if it's something in the middle, that's actually good because uh, if it can cater to some of the professional needs. It's fine by us because we keep expanding our, uh, you know, our abilities and uh, already what you can do with Elementor is far beyond the, the page builder. And uh, so I think there's, there's room for you know, a native uh, visual uh, content uh, creation tool and uh, external plugins as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- once we know what it's like, we we are we, we know uh, also how to uh, integrate it and uh, how to put our focus to collaborate with it and create our own version, etc. And what the future holds with Gutenberg. D- does it feel a little bit like um, I don't know how to word this? I'll I'll try it this way that page builders have become popular they've become almost a normal thing uh, for just about anybody using wordpress i would say um does it feel that you know people like you have have pushed the boundaries and now that you've proven that there's a need for this it does does it feel a little bit like oh you know they've sort of taken our taken our idea and and run with it and now they're going to put it in core is there any hint of that or is it all very welcome and we're all happy about this well i think that's bound to happen mm. i mean people uh, they can't be blind uh, but they don't have to see our page builder they can use other platforms to mm. get inspiration from i think we did uh, show proof of concept uh, so uh, because it was on wordpress users so that's the the most clear audience uh, but i'm glad that we give you know inspiration and yes. uh, we try we, we try to you know set the path and uh, you know so if they copy you it means you're you're doing good so uh, i welcome it you know everything that uh, promotes wordpress and makes it uh, more popular in my opinion is is fine and we're not also we're not timid because there are so many uh, possibilities that we see um, expanding into areas where people will need solutions in the web design, uh, you know, WordPress web design uh, professions mm-hmm. that uh, we're, already, we're already swamped. So yeah. maybe they can take some of the <laughs> features off our backs. Well, that's really interesting. And it's a lovely answer. It's really nice to hear you say that because that, that's my feeling as well. You know, uh, this is going to happen. Um, and like you say, if they, if people are copying you, it means you did a good job and it's kind of a pat on the back, isn't it? Um, yeah, and we, we, are, we, we are interested in creating integrations uh, and working. I mean, that's something that people often ask us, like, have you started working on integration? If not, it seems like we're uh, we're afraid of the competition, but I don't think that's so because we have you know you have limited resource. So when you want to um, invest your resources, you want to invest it in something that you know uh, exactly what it looks like. Mm. So when uh, Gutenberg is inside core and we know exactly what kind of thing it will become in the next five years, then it's a good time to start working on the exact integration and uh, you know and so on yeah i must admit i'm i'm still very confused about exactly what it is because it's it's gone through so many changes you know the latest demo i don't know if you saw the latest sort of demos from um matt uh, mm-hmm. on the stage um it 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 looks like a like a really useful way of editing um, text and adding images. It's certainly not as feature-rich as uh, a, a good page builder at this point. Uh, and I'm, yeah, I'm as so- I said in, in as I said in our previous talk, like uh, 
we love to cater to newbies. We mm. love the fact that newbies love our product. Mm. But first and foremost, we uh, cater to web professionals, people making money from uh, from Elementor, building mm. websites professionally. So that's that's our top priority. So I don't think uh, Gutenberg will 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 deliver the the needed uh, product uh, in the in the short. Uh, that, yeah, that is a really interesting point because obviously if you've got newbies, they're going to have that moment of hesitation or, or uncertainty, whereas somebody who's um, using WordPress as part of their career, they're building websites, they will very clearly understand once it ships in WordPress uh, version 5 what the differences are, where its limitations are, um, and how one is useful in one situation, one is useful in another. Do you know, I hadn't, ridiculous though it may seem, I hadn't really made that distinction myself but now that you've made it it makes perfect sense yeah and people also can develop from i mean if they start off with gutenberg and they get familiar and and uh, and uh, used to uh, visual uh, page editing Mm. then their transition once they you know Ah. get experience of a year they say okay i got good movie let's Take it to the next level. There you build go. For money, yeah. Then they can uh, come to uh, Elementor. I and, see. Yeah, that's <laughs> an interesting angle, isn't it? So it's like it's like Gutenberg, but better. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really slogan. That... We might use that in our AdWords. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a really good point because the debate so far has been very much a, a polar. You know, you're either going to do this or you're going to do that, or it's going to break. Or page builders, you know, their time is numbered. And now that the fog is lifting, and we've got a much clearer understanding of just how wide the scope is for Gutenberg. It, it's not it's not trying to become uh, an Elementor. It, it's simply trying to make te- basic page layouts much more straightforward because essentially that you you know it had to happen uh, because yeah, yeah. The, the WYSIWYG editor was just too old and the competition was too severe so that i like that i like the idea of okay start with gutenberg and when you when you've got yourself familiar then step up and yeah use something like elementor to uh, to really to really bring it to the next level that's great um so another thing which seems to be looming on the horizon is this idea of um, theme builders, uh, a sort of bolt-on, if you like, or, or an extra to a page builder, allowing not just um, the creation of pages and posts and so on and so forth, but the idea of being able to adapt the entire theme. Now, my understanding is that it's a, a, a sort of an open secret that this is something that you're going to be uh, looking at or indeed are looking at already. Is there anything you'd like to say about theme builders and, and where Elementor sits with that in the, in the next year or so? Yeah, definitely. So this also joins the, what, what we talked earlier about Gutenberg. I mean, this is, I mean, this is like the next evolution of page builders. If you're talking about page builders, you're always talking about, you know, uh, single pages and, and landing pages mm. like one instance in your website but usually when uh, you're a designer you're going to design the whole website so you want to design the dynamic parts of your site so that's your blog so that's your single post so whenever a user creates a single post the design of the single post would automatically get you know the author box and the, the breadcrumbs and all the dynamic elements uh, built in like you get in a theme mm. so what if you get you put the flexibility of a uh, page builder for dynamic content like header footer um, you know blog and every other page and not to mention like uh, more uh, products of course uh, for woocommerce stores so that opens up you know just think about how many um, online stores there are mm. Uh, in WordPress, so it opens up a whole industry, I, I might say, and a whole endless possibilities of of, of designing uh, new things. And it's something we really believe in, and we think that this is 
the, the way of design in, in the future. Mm. And um, presumably it's fraught with technical difficulties um, because this is the way it's always been done and, and being able to adapt headers and footers in an intuitive way that your users are familiar with, you know, drag and drop and you want to be able to build the header in that way. Have there been any um, sort of technical challenges on the way uh, that have held you back or, or is something like this reasonably close to, to completion now? Uh, we are far ahead, I would say. I mean, we plan to uh, release the theme builder in the first part of 2018. So okay. that's in the near, yeah, in the very near, near. months. So we've, done a, we, we've gone through a long way and uh, we've had, you know, a lot of uh, ideas bouncing around in the team. And we finally, uh, a few months ago, we decided on uh, the way we want to make it uh, that we believe is is the best of both worlds, giving you also the flexibility and the the, the intuitive use. Um, and so we've thought about, you know, all the different situations that might uh, arise. So if we're talking about, again, the headers and footers, but also integrations to, um, you know, custom post types mm. and uh, ACF and all the plugins that... Uh, that revolve around, uh, you know, taxonomies and uh, um, and uh, and dynamic content. Mm. Um, have you have you got an idea? And please feel free to completely reject this question and just say no. I can't answer that. Um, do you have any idea whether it's going to be this theme builder option is going to be integrated into your sort of core offering, or is it? probably going to be something which will stand alone as a separate entity a separate plugin that you'll uh you know that you'll require users to install in a different way no it's going to join our pro version ah well so, i think i think that's going to make people very happy <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. yeah that's great so essentially it, it's going to be um within the same download as the core the, the pro version of the product or is it just it's so, available to download for people who have that price subscription so, yeah so how uh, elementor pro works right now is as an add-on to elementor so if you want elementor pro you have the basic installation of elementor and elementor pro is a, a plugin that sits on top of the current uh, core framework mm. so that's going to join that pro uh, plugin so the, if you have Elementor Pro, you're going to have the, the theme builder. That's the direction we're So one, one download, one easy thing to, to update. Very cool. Exactly. The idea, we, we want to empower every pro user so they can create professional websites in the fastest way possible. And this definitely is an important uh, part of this. Yeah. Do you have, um, do you have any things on the the road well no the roadmap's the wrong word because the roadmap is is a defined set of things you are going to do are there any things in the future of elementor that you see as being well i'd like to work on that i would love to put that in elementor there's a trend which is just on the horizon let's let's start thinking about that i think our users would love to know what's what's in the distant so, future so we Apart from the theme builder, we have a few things that uh, are lined up in the near future that uh, we're very eager to to develop. <coughs> Sorry. Mm -hmm. So uh, our, our template library is one uh, area that is going to get uh, a major update. Um, so in terms of uh, getting your, I mean, we have, uh, I think, 125 templates now. Mm -hmm. uh, so filtering and, and using the um, the templates will be much easier mm -hmm. uh, you know also exporting importing so uh, the whole process of using templates will be easier and we have a long long way uh, of uh, other developments that we plan for the template library uh, so that's what, what I just shared is in the near future but we have also plans for other more advanced uh, uh, developments um, and at some point, we are going to uh, release uh, a role manager, uh, meaning uh, if you have mm. a client and you don't want them to touch uh, the, the, you know, the design aspect. Yeah. So you'll be able to restrict them and uh, define exactly who gets access to, 
to what basically so who gets access to which tools within elementor so you might have for example somebody that is able to do everything and then some people who can what i'm imagining a situation where you're allowed to change the text on this particular aspect of the site but you can't do much else that that sort of thing something like that yeah, yeah. something yeah. like that that's a really um that's a great i can see that being used by everybody who does this professionally because the amount of time so i have to go back and fix things on websites because people have just basically had too far too many permissions because the, the options don't really exist to sort of strip those away that's that's really useful now you, you touched upon a moment ago um integrations with things uh, that create custom post types and custom fields in my mind uh, products like pods and acf and toolset and things like that do you do you have any relationships with these uh, plugin authors, um, so that their stuff is is more native, if you like, so that they have to use less workarounds, and there's just things within Elementor that they can drag and drop in, so that their custom fields are visible on the page right away. Yeah. Uh, so regarding ACF, uh, we we already uh, developed uh, uh, most of the integration with uh, that plugin, so. Um, yeah, so the theme builder will work with uh, ACF, uh, hopefully right off the bat. Um, and we've had a long conversation with, uh, we're in close contact in general with the, uh, uh, the CEO of, of, uh, of Toolset. Oh, Amir. So, yeah. Yeah. So he's also based uh, not far from uh, where I oh, live. Oh, he is, of course he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I about that. So yeah. basically we're, we have, we've talked long about uh, also the, the difference between toolset's direction and uh, uh, Elementor's direction is yeah. very interesting. And I, I love the fact that these are uh, two products that are uh, kind of parallel, but they're, they complete one another in terms of the future direction of each plugin. So mm. I, I, I do hope that uh, it will take longer, but we I think uh, we will end up with... Uh, an even stronger uh, plugin that uh, integrates with that with that as well. Well, they have a very large user base, don't they? So that's going to be of great interest to an awful lot of people, um, because their their offering is um, is not just. I mean, they have a layouts option, don't they? Which is you know where you two, your Elementor and um, Toolset layouts, if you like, would sort of um, be in conflict, if you like. But they've got a whole you know tons of other things which. I've got nothing to do with the presentation of the page or the presentation of the post. Exactly. Their focus is more on the back end yeah. uh, handling of things and we focus more on the on the front end. So right. yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, a perfect match yes. so to speak. And plus the, we we've already worked on uh, integrating WPML and that worked but That's them as very, well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that worked very well and uh, we have a lot of uh, I mean we also try to expand our uh, you know international uh, focus so i think elementor has been translated now to 16 uh, languages phenomenal so that's a, a huge part of of our growth yeah and, uh, well it sounds to me i mean i don't have any numbers obviously that's something that you have and i'm not going to ask you what they are but it it feels <laughs> to me um in every sense that um the rise has been meteoric it started very strongly and it's gone on at a, an even faster pace um, ever since then. You know, the Facebook group that you've got is growing enormously. The, the, the amount of references that I see to Elementor is growing exponentially all the time. So it feels to me like the, um, the future is rosy and it's nice that you've um, been able to tell us so much about what, what is coming down the line. That's fabulous. Yeah, um, in terms of, of marketing uh, and content, uh, I have a clear focus to uh, bring... Uh, more knowledge and more, uh, you know, tutorials like we did, and uh, even better and and more elaborate because I need. I think that's that's something that uh, we can uh, improve upon and uh, make. I mean, I think uh, a lot of users don't don't know the potential of 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 the use of Elementor. So that's something that I I hope also to see in the in the near future. Do you know? I think that's really really great because I think great products become utterly great products uh, because of support. You know, you could have something that's brilliant and if people don't realize its full potential because the documentation isn't there or, you know, perhaps there aren't enough tutorial videos, that kind of thing, 
then you're, you're not empowering your users. But if you're going to invest heavily in your documentation and support, that, that's going to encourage people to be to become better at it. And, and obviously that will then make things better in the future for you as well. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Ben, for sharing your visions, not only of the past, but of the future. That's really amazing. Um, is there anything you would like to add? Anything you would like to say? Maybe where you can be found on the interwebs kind of thing? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we have a strong group of now it's, I think we, we're already 10,000 people in our uh, group uh, wow. and it's it's growing. So join the discussion in the Elementor group, of course, like our page and uh, hopefully uh, and download Elementor and start using it because yeah. it's free. We, we haven't. We haven't mentioned it. No. Most... <laughs> yeah, we really didn't. I missed the trick there. And in fact, I had actually <laughs> intended to say, yeah, we should say that the... Um, the Elementor free plugin is is an incredible offering, isn't it? That that must have been soul searching. How much to give away for free? And you you went for the let's give loads away the, the for free option. Bank, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, incredible. Yeah. So go and download Elementor, um, try it out, and see what you think. Like I say, the free version is fully featured. Um, and thank you, Ben. And we really appreciate you coming on the show and talking to us. Thank you, Nathan. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. And today's ending fact or term is Minimum Viable Product, MVP. Nathan, every time I see this mentioned MVP, I have to go and look it up. Is it a term that you're really familiar with? Yeah, actually it is. I think it could be confused with most valuable player as well, because that's <laughs> oh, a right. basketball and an American football thing, isn't it? You know, the, the person in the team who's the most most valuable asset in the team. No, I know this, minimum viable product. Yeah, I've, I've definitely heard about this. Tell us what it means, though. Well, reading here, it says it's a development technique in which a new product or website is developed with sufficient features to satisfy early adopters. So we see a lot of that going on at the moment, don't we? Friends of ours effectively are doing a lot of MVP with products that they're selling out and the courses that they're partly built and they're enough to sell, but they're going to include more stuff. So we see a lot of that amongst our friends. I guess it's a good way of testing whether there's enough of an audience that it that it's worth carrying on development. You just you just tell everybody what the roadmap is. Uh, explain that you know if enough people sign on the dotted line um, you're going to develop that roadmap but if not it you know here's here's what we're thinking is useful to you give it a try yeah and and that happens an awful lot sometimes I, I in fact I always really struggle with this I'm one of those kind of people who likes to get everything finished and I sweat the details and so I struggle mm. to say oh that's it it's enough let's just get it out there I, I want all of the roadmap in before i finish and I've, I've got to get better at that yeah i think so do you know what i think i don't know if it's appropriate to use it in this context but if so i'm a fan of it because i'm quite keen to tell clients not to get tied up with the small details before going and launching because yes. you don't you don't get any feedback from your visitors until you've launched so why not just go out with the site as best as it can be and then tweak it after you know what visitors are doing yeah that's i think it's absolutely invaluable and i think i should do more of this i'm just a bit of a control freak and and i like to have everything ticked off so my roadmap isn't a roadmap my my, my roadmaps are always about uh, what i'm going to do before i launch it which is stupid i need to like i say get better at this yeah, well, the podcast is definitely uh, MVP, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> That's a good point. It's definitely a minimum viable <laughs> podcast, I would say. It's an MVP. <laughs> We've coined a, minimal, a new phrase. <laughs> minimal viable person, I think I am. <laughs> you are not. Oh, You're a uh, maximum viable person. And um, on, on uh, that bombshell... Um, shall we, shall we mm. wind up the podcast and say thanks for listening um, my name's Nathan Wrigley and I'm David Wormsley we hope you enjoyed this episode and we shall fade in some awful, awful music <laughs> here it comes, goodbye bye bye